Hi, friends. It is so great to be on the broadcast with you once again this week. I still miss all of you so much, and I will be so excited for the day when we can see each other's faces in person. But until then, it's just great to be with you today. I'm going to pray for us and then jump in. Holy Spirit, I invite your presence to come and be with us. Lord, you're already here, but we just tune our hearts to you right now. Holy Spirit, come and fill this place where I am, and Lord, fill every home where the broadcast is being watched today. We ask you to prepare our hearts to hear from you today and to meet with you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to talk for a minute about unrequited love. Have you ever experienced love or even a crush that was not reciprocated, that was one-sided? I have several times, but the worst was when I was 13. I had a massive crush on this boy from camp. He was nice and kind of shy and very cute, and I really, really, really liked him. I had one photo of him on my roll of film from camp, and this was back when you had to actually take someone's picture and then get the roll of film developed to have something to remember them by. You couldn't just go look them up and find their picture on Facebook. You actually had to take their picture. And so I kept this one tattered photo of him in my journal all summer. He was wearing a teal windbreaker with the camp logo on it. And in the fall, when I went back to school, I put that tattered picture up in my locker. I was obsessed with this kid. Anyway, at some point, I got up the courage to mail him a letter. So I wrote this letter, I put it in an envelope, I sent it off, and then I waited for a reply. And I waited and waited, and I checked the mailbox every single day, and nothing came. And then I started to wonder, maybe it never got to him. Maybe it got lost in the mail, that happens. Maybe the mailman dropped it, or maybe it fell through a crack in his mailbox, or maybe his older brother stole it. Maybe he never saw it, and that's why he didn't write me back. So I sent another letter, and I waited for a reply. And a couple weeks later, I sent another letter, and then I sent another letter. I was convinced that he just wasn't getting my mail, and that's why he wasn't writing back. So I kept sending letters on and off all year. Honestly, just telling this story, I feel awkward for myself because this is an awkward story. So I sent these letters all year, never got a response. And the next summer, when I went back to camp, I wasn't sure what to expect. Had he gotten any of them? Did I have the wrong address? Was his mailman a thief? I was turning over all these questions in my mind. What was it going to be like when I saw him? And then I bumped into his older brother, who immediately said, hey, it's little Miss Pen Pal. And in that horrible moment, I realized that every single one of my letters had been received and read and probably analyzed and mocked. It was kind of humiliating. I was having a one-sided conversation all year. Sometimes we struggle to feel close to God and to feel intimate with God because we're having a one-sided conversation. We're pouring our hearts out to God over and over and over in prayer. But if you were to look carefully at the relationship, just like me and this boy from camp, 
there's something critical missing. And this is obviously where my illustration breaks down because it's not that our communication is being ignored. It's that we haven't given God a chance to reply. But the impact is remarkably similar. If we don't give God the opportunity to speak to us, no matter how much we pray or talk to Him, we're having a one-sided conversation that's about as intimate as me and this boy from camp. Learning how to hear God's voice is critical to our experience of intimacy and our sense of closeness in relationship with God. I believe that human beings were designed to be in relationship with their Creator and to experience a kind of love and connection and affection and intimacy far greater and deeper than what comes to mind for many of us when we think about interacting with God. As the leadership of our church has been praying and listening to God in this season, we are more convinced than ever that this is what God is longing for Sanctuary Church to experience, an intimacy with God that exceeds anything we've experienced before. And part of what we believe will help us to experience this kind of closeness with God is growing in our desire and ability to hear God's voice and have a two-way conversation. So that's what I want to talk about today. How practically do we go about listening for and hearing God's voice? One of the reasons that we don't hear from God is we often lack understanding of how God speaks to us in the first place. People who do hear from God regularly and easily often don't have language for how to describe what's happening. It's just intuitive to them. My husband, Greg, is like this. Those of you who know him probably know that about him. When I first met Greg, the way that he talked about Jesus made it sound like Jesus was his fourth roommate. He would say things like, the other day, Jesus told me, blah, 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 or Jesus and I were hanging out yesterday, or I'm going to go take a walk with Jesus when I get off the phone with you. The way that Greg talked about his relationship with Jesus was striking in its intimacy and in its back and forthness. And it was actually one of the things that first drew me to Greg in the first place. And so it can be really tempting to think, well, Greg's just special, or maybe Jesus just really loves Greg. But I want to encourage you, hearing God's voice is something that Scripture is clear about, that the average, ordinary human being, like you and me, we're able to do. We are able to hear God's voice. So yes, Greg is special, and yes, Jesus loves Greg, but not any more than you or me. In John 10, 27, Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. My sheep, not my special sheep or my smart sheep or my gifted sheep, my sheep. The implication here is that the qualification for being able to hear God's voice is just that we belong to Jesus. It's just that we are His sheep. Just like sheep learn to recognize the voice of their shepherd, Jesus tells His followers, like you and me, that we can learn to recognize His voice. Now, maybe you're someone watching today who is new to following Jesus or not sure what you think about any of this. And all of a sudden, you're wondering if this was the wrong week to tune into the broadcast. You were looking for Pastor Andrew and found some crazy lady talking about hearing voices. But I want to encourage you to hang in there. Maybe if you're able, for just 15 more minutes, try to suspend disbelief. Because if what I'm saying is true, that God knows you and loves you 
and wants to communicate with you, it could be the key to everything that you've been looking for and longing for. In any case, I'm glad that you're watching today. So how do we hear God's voice? There are two primary categories of ways that we can allow God to speak and to hear his voice. The first is through scripture. The Bible is the clearest and best way that we have to hear God's voice. And the second way that we can hear God's voice, and what I want to talk about today, is we can hear God's voice through the Spirit. When Jesus ascended into heaven after his resurrection, when he left the earthly realm for the heavenly realm where he's currently seated on the throne, he gave his followers here on earth the gift of his Spirit. That gift came at Pentecost when the believers were filled with his Spirit. And on the night before Jesus died, he was talking with his disciples about the future. He was talking about what was coming. He was talking about leaving them. And he says to his disciples that it will be better and it will be good for them when he leaves so that he can send the Spirit. Instead of God's presence on earth being located in one physical location in the temple or in one human body in the person of Jesus, after Pentecost, God's Spirit has the opportunity to inhabit human hearts. And as followers of Jesus today, we have the Holy Spirit with us and within us, which is truly an incredible gift. The Holy Spirit is described as a helper, a counselor, the person of the Trinity that fills and empowers us to minister in God's power, and also the person of the Trinity who helps us to know and to understand the truth about God. In that same conversation with his disciples the night before he died, Jesus says this about the Spirit. In John 14, 26, he says, The Holy Spirit will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. John 15, 26, he says, The Spirit will testify about me. And in John 16, 13, this conversation goes on for quite a few chapters. He says, The Spirit will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. Author and theologian N.T. Wright says this about this passage. He says, Part of the job of the Spirit, the helper, will be to lead the disciples into all truth. The Spirit will remind them of what Jesus already said to them. The Spirit will also guide them nudging their minds and imaginations into ways of knowing and things to know that Jesus would like to have said but couldn't at the time. And I love that phrase, nudging their minds and imaginations, as a way to describe how the Spirit reveals the truth of God and the voice of God to our hearts. Because it's true that sometimes God might speak with an audible voice or with neon signs, But I believe most often when God speaks to us directly, He speaks to us from within our own hearts as the Spirit nudges our minds and imaginations to understand God's truth. Some of you may remember at some point last year, I shared a fun little discovery of sorts that I made when I was studying Psalm 27. And I'm going to share it again today because I think it's helpful and relevant and grounds this concept in the truth of Scripture. So one translation of Psalm 27, verse 8, says this, You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. But another translation says this, My heart says of you, seek his face, 
Your face, Lord, I will seek. So both of these are well-respected standard translations of Scripture. And in fact, all the major well-respected translations of the Bible are split down the middle on who is actually speaking in this verse. Some have God speaking, seek my face, and some have my heart speaking, seek his face. So who is speaking, God or my heart? I couldn't quite make sense of that and why there would be confusion on something as major as who is speaking until I looked at a transliteration of the Hebrew, just straight word for word from the Hebrew. And that says this, on your behalf, my heart said, seek my face. My heart speaking on God's behalf with God's voice. So is God speaking or is my heart speaking? And the answer is yes. God is speaking to me from within my own heart in God's voice. This is a perfect example of how the Holy Spirit as a helper helps us to know, hear, and understand God. The Holy Spirit nudges our minds and imaginations so that we are even able to hear God's voice from within our own heart and mind, speaking from within us. Now, again, I feel so aware that some of you right now might think I'm totally crazy. I'm literally talking about hearing God's voice inside my head. And yet that's actually what I believe. So I'm honestly not sure I'll be able to say anything that will convince you otherwise if you're a little bit concerned about me right now. But I will say that this understanding of what it means to hear God's voice has been transformative for me and for many others in terms of helping us to grow in our intimacy with God. The idea that God can speak to us through the Spirit from within our own hearts, and we can have a two-way conversation. So I want to leave you with a practice for listening in the Spirit that comes from Mark Verkler, who has written a lot on prayer and listening to the Spirit. This practice is very easy to do and can help us grow in our intimacy with God as we learn to listen to God's voice through the Spirit. So I'm just going to walk you through this practice step by step. If you're someone who likes to take notes, now would be a good time to take notes as I don't have these steps on a slide. So there are several steps, and here they are. So first, you want to come to God with a question. Not a yes-no question, not an ABC, what should I do question, not a litmus test kind of question, but a question that allows God to share his thoughts with you. For example, you could ask, God, how do you feel about me? Or, God, what would you like to tell me today? Or what's breaking your heart today that you want me to pay attention to? A question like that. So bring a question. Second, quiet yourself. You want to try to limit both external noise and internal noise. External is easy. Put your phone on. Do not disturb. Find a quiet place. Maybe put on some quiet music. Internally, to quiet our internal noise is a little bit harder. If you're likely to get distracted by your to-do list or about just the things that you're going to worry about, Actually take a moment to write all of that down and agree with yourself that you will look at that list later and put it aside. Half the time, we're just worried that we're going to forget the things we're worried about. And so if you write them down, put it aside, promise yourself you'll look at it later. Take some deep breaths and take a moment to settle your body. So come with a question and then quiet yourself. And then third, Fix your heart on Jesus. Fix your attention on Jesus. In whatever way is helpful, begin to focus on him. If you're a sensate or a tactile kind of person like I am, you may want to focus on some artwork or some iconography that depicts Jesus in a way that is powerful for you. 
You may want to hold a holding cross, which is simply a little wooden cross that fits nicely into the palm of your hand. It's nothing magic or kind of creepy. It's just a way to help focus our attention on Jesus and imagine that we're holding on to him. You could also close your eyes and imagine Jesus sitting next to you or walking with you like a friend. We do that practice with our kids. Or you could just repeat the name of Jesus as you breathe in and out. Whatever you find helpful to fix your heart and your attention on Jesus. So come with a question, quiet yourself, fix your heart on Jesus, and then just listen to the ideas and thoughts running through your mind. Some of these thoughts will definitely be your own, but some of them are likely to be the Holy Spirit nudging your mind and your imagination to hear and understand God's voice from within your own heart. So as you begin to notice the thoughts and ideas in your mind, just go ahead and write them down. Whatever you are hearing, write it down. Just keep writing, stream of consciousness. Try to shut off your internal editor for now, that voice that says, is that God or is that just me? Knowing that you will sort through and test that later. For now, you just want to write it all down. When you're finished, the last step is to test it. You look back at what you have written. Test it against scripture. Again, the surest and most secure way we have of knowing God's voice is through scripture. So if anything that you heard from the Spirit contradicts scripture, it's your hearing that's off, not scripture. So test it against scripture, test it against good common sense and wisdom. God's voice, while it doesn't always say things that are comfortable or easy, it tends to make sense. And if you feel comfortable, Share what you've heard with a trusted friend or leader, especially someone who is more spiritually mature than you and can help you learn to discern the voice of God in your life. Over time, even if this practice feels awkward at first, I believe that it is one way to help you learn to recognize the voice of your shepherd. So I want to encourage you to give this practice a try sometime this week and see what happens. Home churches this week are going to do an exercise built around this practice. Again, this isn't magic. It's not a silver bullet, and it definitely isn't the only way to hear God's voice, but it's a simple practice that I hope you'll find helpful. So 10 years after I spent a year having a one-sided conversation with that boy from camp, I met another boy, this one named Greg, who lived 3,000 miles away from me. And in the year before he moved to Providence, I wrote letters to him constantly, and these letters were returned. We poured out our hearts to each other on reams and reams and reams of paper that I still have in a stack in my basement. (laughs) And despite our physical distance, our intimacy grew so much just by having this constant back-and-forth, two-way conversation throughout the year. And so my hope and my prayer is that we at Sanctuary— would be a people that are intentional about pursuing that kind of constant two-way conversation with God, that we would pour out our hearts to God and cry out to Him with our voices, and that we would learn to leave space and be intentional about hearing from Him in return. I truly believe that the more we get to know God in His heart, the more we hear His words and hear the things He wants to tell us, that our intimacy and affection and closeness and tenderness and love for God will grow far beyond anything we've experienced yet. Let's pray. Lord God, we want to know you more. We want our affection for you to grow. Lord, we want to hear your voice, and so we are asking you to speak. Your servants are listening. 
Lord God, I pray for those who will attempt to hear your voice for the first time this week. God, would you speak clearly so that they are confident they are hearing from you? God, we want to be a people that is overcome with love and affection and intimacy, drawn into a close relationship with you. And so this is what I pray, Lord, for Sanctuary Church. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.